This morning, I want to challenge you. And I have a, a special message, and I think this message, I believe this message, if you take it to heart, will change your entire walk with God. How many want to be blessed? How many want to walk in the covenant relationship that we were made and created to walk in? You know, I, I, I'm having the opportunity at the end of the year and the beginning of next year to go to visit my mother in uh, Texas. My family's going. We'll be there for about a month. But last time I was in Texas, I was able to go to a couple churches out there. It's called the Bible Belt, right? And I was able to go to a couple churches, and they got little churches everywhere. Everywhere you go, you see a church. And there was this one little church over there, and it was a Baptist church, I believe, and the pastor was really hurting financially. So he picked up an offering, and he, he told the congregation, whoever puts the most finances in the plate can pick the hymnal songs for this morning. So he passes the plate, and a little lady, an elderly widow, she, she put in the most finances in the plate. And so the pastor looks, and he calls her up. And so she takes her time coming up, and she goes, okay, you may pick the hymns for this morning. You know what she said? I'll take him, and I'll take him, and I'll take. <laughs> I just want to tell you this morning that God is interested in your money. Not because he needs it, because he doesn't. Amen? But because you need it. How many need money? Well, we're going to show you how God is going to bless your life in his covenant relationship. And then maybe you can pick the hymns. Hallelujah. I'm just kidding. Now, since you're important to God, how many know that you're important to God? Since you're so important to God, he's important about your money as well. He's interested in how you secure it. He's interested in how you spend it. He's interested in how you save it. He's interested in even how you share it. Amen. Immediately, some of you are thinking, why don't you speak on something spiritual? Because, you know, when you talk about money, it kind of looks like this. You get quiet. You look at me like, what? You want something. There's nothing more spiritual than your finances. And you need to understand that. See, if you make a statement like, Money's not spiritual, and that shows you're immature spiritually. There's no insight, and we have to understand that. There's nothing more spiritual than how you handle your money. Because Jesus told us it's the supreme test of where your heart is. Ooh, got real quiet. Anybody got a pin? I want to hear a drop. Someone said, Faith hasn't reached your wallet, probably hasn't reached your heart. So if it hasn't reached your wallet, it probably hasn't reached your heart. Our scripture this morning is coming out of Malachi, chapter 3, and we're going to begin in verse 10. Why? Because God loves you. Are you with me? Here it says in verse 10, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, or the church, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven 
and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer. Who's the devourer? Satan, the devil, his demons, for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? Now let me ask you a question. Do you believe giving is something you give up or something you invest? I believe it's an investment. I believe biblical giving is always an investment because we're investing in the kingdom of God. In fact, when you make an investment, this is the greatest investment because you invest in the stock exchange. You never know what's going to happen to your money. You might lose it, but you never lose in Christ. Can I get an amen? Your, your, your deposit or your, your investment will always bring a return. Now, don't confuse my statement. I'm not a health and wealth and name it and claim it kind of guy. But in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7, it says, Giving is like sowing. If you sow generously, you will reap generously. If you go out, if you're a farmer, remember he was talking about farmers because I was there. They knew about farming in those days. It started with Adam and went on through history. If you go out and you farm, you plant as much seed as you possibly can to get the biggest harvest. Am I right? If you're going to go out and farm, I don't know, some of you guys used to plant marijuana. Let's be real. I got popped with 75 plants in my backyard. Amen. But to get those 75 plants, I've had to plant about 1,000 seeds. If I planted 75 seeds, I might have got five plants. You follow me? So the more you seeds you plant, the more you're going to harvest. Unfortunately, I, didn't get, I harvested jail. Amen. <laughs> it wasn't a good investment. Amen. But generously in that scripture is, comes from two words, ephi and eulogia. One, ephi means to put over or to cover. Eugelia means, it's like eulogy. It means fine speaking, blessing, gift, or bountifully. Okay? But the word also implies consecration. It implies consecration. So when you give to God, it's consecrated. It implies that. It's sacred. It's set apart for a divine purpose. Do you know that when you give your tithe, we already know that's separated for or consecrated for a divine purpose, but also the 90%. The money you have left is consecrated. In other words, the enemy can't touch it. It's set apart. The devil can't get his hands on it. It's set apart. Are you getting this? So your money's consecrated. Is separated, and he always brings back a return when you give generously. It's covered. Turn to somebody and say, my money's covered. It's consecrated. See, the early church understood this concept. Now, remember in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7, it is speaking of a farmer. See, when a farmer plants, it's by faith. Everybody say faith. See, 
When you sow, you're looking forward, you're you're having faith, you're having vision, you're believing for the harvest. Amen? So you don't see it right now, but you understand that if I'm going to be a farmer, I'm going to sow seed. I'm looking into the future because I understand in the future I'm going to have a harvest. So it's all got to be by? It's got to be by faith. It's got to be by faith. Now, here, here's a promise of God. If we trust him, we obey his word, and if we are good stewards. I'm going to give you four things. Number one, there will be a divine relationship. Everybody say divine relationship. Now, the word for God in the text in Malachi 3.10 is not Elohim. Now, Elohim is used many, many times in the Old Testament. But here, the word, the Hebrew word is Y-H-W-H, I do not know how to pronounce it. That's what that's in the English version. Yahweh, you're correct. But they wrote it, they spelled it Y-H-W-H. Yahweh or Jehovah. That's what we call it. So it is the covenant name of God. Everybody say covenant name of God. So I want to teach you something this morning. It's the covenant name of God. What is a covenant? It's a binding contract. It's a relationship commitment between God and his people. That's what a covenant is. When God makes a covenant, he will not break his covenant. But sometimes we break the covenant. Amen? So what is this saying? When you're honest with me in the matter of giving, I will come and honor that covenant relationship I have with you. He's going to honor the covenant relation. Remember in Malachi, he's talking about those that are robbing God. They were robbing God by breaking the covenant relationship. You can't put a gun to God's head and say, I'm, I'm going to take your money, right? That's not going to work. Hey, Holtz, I'm going to take your money, eh? No, it doesn't work that way. But when you break the covenant, that's when you're robbing God of yourself. Wow. See, God cares more about you than anything else. So that's what you're robbing God, the covenant. Are you guys getting something here? He says, I will keep my covenant with you. On the other hand, if we don't tithe, we break the covenant. See, when Moses was in the desert, he was in an impossible situation. Remember, he saw God in the burning bush, and God in the burning bush was calling him to deliver the people of Israel. And here, all of a sudden, he begins to make excuses. He got afraid. He says, they won't listen to me. Amen? They're not going to listen to me. They don't, I don't even know your name. He goes, how can I go deliver Israel? I don't even know your name. And what did God say his name was? I am. Everybody saw the movie, right? It's in the Bible, too. <laughs> the book's better than the movie. You know, the Old Testament has 16 names of God in the Old Testament. His name is every name to meet every need. His name is every name to meet every need. That's what the covenant is all about. That's the covenant of God. Jehovah Shammah. The Lord is with me. 
See, he doesn't break away from you because you're, you're messed up, because you do your own thing. He's still with you. Are you with you? Getting this. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. He's with you when you're hurting. He's with you when you're depressed. He's with you when you're broke. He's with you when you're going through stuff. He is there. That's the covenant. Jehovah Rapha, my healer. He's there to heal you when you're hurting. Amen? Jehovah Jireh is my provider no matter what. My, my boss don't provide for me. The government don't provide. God is my provider. God's the one that makes it happen. God's the one that brings it. That's the covenant. Jehovah Nisi is my banner. Jehovah Shalom, he's my peace when there seems to be no peace. When everything's happening around, everything's going crazy, God is still my peace. Even when things happen, I don't understand. When I figure I'll never get through it, how could this happen? God is my peace. Are you with me? See, when we obey God with our tithe, it means you recognize a relationship with him. Some of you know what I'm talking about. When you were courting your wife or your husband, right? Some of you are still courting out there. Be careful. But when you're courting, you always want to give them the best, right? Man, you'll save and save and save just for a little ring. Right? Why? Because you want to give them the best. You love them. It's a relationship thing. When I was on the mission field courting my wife, I didn't have any money. I remember I saved up, I saved up, I bought something, we got robbed. <laughs> they burglarized our pad, man. Took everything. But when I was getting, going to ask her to marry her, I didn't even have a ring. I go, God, I can't ask her. I don't have a ring. Do you know that God provided a ring? We looked down on the ground, walking down the street, and there was a diamond ring. It didn't have nobody's name on it, so I couldn't return it. I looked. If there was a name, I was going to return it. But I looked at it and said, it's yours, baby. <laughs> God is my provider because I'm in a relationship with him. See, when you give, and this is the point I want to get across, when you give, you operate in the covenant. Doesn't it feel good when you give God off the top? I make like when I get paid or I get some money because I don't get a lot of money all the time. But when I get it, it's like I can't wait to get to church so I can give it, so I can give it, so I can give it. Because I know, man, I don't. I got to give it to God first, and then it's just such a relief. Like now I can relax because I made sure I gave to God what He got coming. Amen. Because I want to operate in the covenant. It's very important. So if today you're not giving at least 10% of your income, you know what happens? The devourer is eating you up. Little by little by little. There's no peace in your household. There's fights with your family. Your kids are messing up. A lot of things are happening. You don't understand why. You've got to operate in the covenant. Amen? That's why Jesus said where your heart is, that's where your treasure, you need to understand. It's not about money. It's about trusting God and having faith in God and operating in his covenant for our lives. That's what it's about. See, the devil always tells us when offering 
okay, we're going to pick up the offering. The devil is saying, oh, they're just trying to get your money. You can't afford to give. It happens to all of us. All of us. I don't care how long you've been serving God. It happens. All of a sudden, the bills start coming in your mind. Oh, that's the devil. But then when you give it, all of a sudden, you got peace. You go, it doesn't matter. God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. Because you're operating in covenant. Amen? Then all of a sudden, things begin to happen in your family. Little by little, your kids start to get saved. I want to go to church with you. Oh, good. Let's pray. Little things begin to happen. God begins to open doors little by little. And you begin to see things take place. Even if you don't see things take place, guess what? Behind the scenes, things are taking place. Right here. Because God looks at the heart. See, God wants to break the curses in our life. He wants to break the curses in our families. He wants to break the curses that even walk into the church. Are you with me? See, faithfulness in giving to God is made known to everyone else, even other nations. Do you know that Hayward is known around the world? Because of faithfulness of this church. Because of faithfulness of the givers. You can go in the Philippines, they know Hayward. You can go to Indonesia, they know Hayward. You can go to Africa, they know Hayward. Everybody knows Hayward. Europe, they know Hayward. Why? Because the faithfulness of this ministry, the faithfulness of you, because you have made God known in their lives. That's what United We Can is all about. Run for hope. That's what it's about. See, God will honor his side of the covenant to bless us and all of our endeavors. Hello. See, this is a sign of his productivity within our lives. God wants to get the glory. It's not man. You know, we could try to figure things out. We could try to hustle for money. That doesn't give God glory. But when we're faithful in our giving, we're faithful in our sharing, we're generous givers, that's when God is glorified. The other nations will be amazed of how God blesses us. The Bible says we will be the breadbasket of the world, a showroom of what can happen with God's help. We can't lose. Everybody say you're a winner. Say it like you mean it. You're a winner. <laughs> kind of like the Raiders this year. Amen. We're going to win. Amen. That's, a, that's the way I see it. I'm going to call it. You know what I'm saying? By faith. I hope they give. Amen. They need to get in that covenant. You know, the Bible says, try me in this. This is God speaking. Or test me. And I looked in the Hebrew, and it really expresses urgency. It's like it's, he's expressing pleading in the Hebrew. It's not just saying, oh, go ahead, try it, try it, try it. So, come on, I want you to try it. Come on. Test me. Come on, give it up. I'm going to show you something great. I'm going to open up the windows of it. I'm going to bl- just test me. Come on. Believe me for a minute. That's the type of pleading it says here in the Hebrew. He wants to bless you so much. He's pleading for the opportunity. Wow. 
When I start a trip on, I go, wow, I got to give God more. I got to give me a good job. And if you give God more, he'll give you a good job. Amen. Because if you're faithful in the little, God will put you over much. Secondly, there will be a divine reveille. Reveille. You guys know what reveille is? It's a military signal to alert the troops. In other words, it's a trumpet. Oh, no, that's banana. <laughs> I did bonanza. <laughs> I like bonanza, okay? <laughs> I'm out there. I'm thinking of Haas right now. <laughs> but Reveille, it's to assemble the troops. Amen? Who knows how to do Reveille? Anybody here? Okay. Bonanza. <laughs> That's it. Or is that taps? No. <laughs> See, in verse 10, he says, the Lord of what? I am the Lord of hosts. Jehovah Shabbat. It's the Lord of hosts, the armies of heaven. I want you to get this. Get this in your spirit. As the destroyer, the devourer, the tormentor, the enemy has come to steal and kill and destroy in your life, when the devil comes after you and you're faithful, you're walking, you're operating in the covenant, you're doing what God has called you to do, you're trusting by faith, you're giving, you're understanding, you're in the covenant relationship of God, he begins to blow reveille. And all of a sudden, the hosts of heaven come here. You know, he says, Michael, go get the angels together and get down there, man, and begin to help them. Are, are you with me? Are you listening to me here? Because you're under the lordship of Christ. The trumpet is blowing. Because, Lord, you are the great I am. You get God's attention. You get his focus. And God says, you know what? They need help right there. That family needs help right now. That church needs help right there. I'm whatever it is. Michael, get the angels together. Homeboy, we're going to go save them. We're going to go down there and bless them. We're going to protect them. We're going to put a hedge around their family. We're going to put a hedge around their friends. We're going to put a hedge around their city. We're going to make an impact in their life. Get around their family. Get around their business. Protect them. Surround their church. Let me tell you something. God defends those that are his. You see it time and time and time again in the Old Testament. You don't need a big army. You just need one God. He protects those that are his. He will defend us. The tithe is the Lord's. And when you release it to him, you release yourself to him. Simple as that. In the Old Testament, they used to come and bring their offering to God, the sacrifice. And what they would do, the high priest would be at the altar. He'd be right there. And they would take their sacrifice, and they would bring and they would present it. Paul said, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. But they, he was using the same terminology. What they would do is they would give the offering, not like this, but like this. And they would take their hands off. And when you do that, you're releasing yourself to God. All of a sudden, you're saying, I belong to him. 
When you do that with your finances, guess what? He picks up the covenant. He says, oh, I got their back. I'm watching them. Nothing. I got their focus right now. I got their attention right now. Don't worry. I'm with you. That's how God operates. The tithe is the Lord's. Angels will fight for you. I remember the first time I experienced it. I was in the home. You can experience God in the home. We were on our way to church crew. We were on Western Avenue. I was the only one with a license. I got a bunch of guys murmuring and complaining in the back. Not that you guys murmur and complain, mind you. But we're driving to the church. And we had, remember the little yellow car? <laughs> the little yellow car. That was funny. Anyway, I'm driving the little yellow car with a little station wagon. AMC or something. I don't know. They bought it in a store. <laughs> it looked like a toy. Drove like a toy. <laughs> anyway, we're cruising down the highway. And all of a sudden, I see a saw blade. And this saw blade was coming right at me like this. Like to decapitate me. This is for reals. Right, right at my neck. I could see it coming. And right before it hit the windshield, it was like something battered it away. I believe it was an angel to this day. Battered it away. Because I see it coming. I go, I'm dead, man. Yeah, but it battered it away. And I understood something right there, that there are angels that protect us, that fight for us, that they are there for us. As long as we're walking in the covenant relationship of God. Are you with me? Angels are just as real as demons. Amen. I believe that. Number three, moving quicker. There will be divine resources. Divine resources. Go back to Malachi 3.10. Are you guys getting something this morning? It says here, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now on this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Now remember the context of the scripture, agriculture. Rain is a blessing to the farmer, right? Without rain, there's no crops. Our first reference to windows of heaven is found in Genesis 7, verse 11, when the rains fell for 40 days and 40 nights. That rain turned into a flood. See, rain on the fields brings forth crops. And I really believe that God wants to bring some rain on your life. He wants to bring a flood on your life. He wants to do something special in your life. Are you with me? Everywhere I read in the Bible, rain speaks of revival. To our church today, it, it means showers of blessing and revival. See, God is going to bring a flood of revival into your home. He's going to bring a flood of revival into the heart of the bay. He's going to bring a flood of revival into Hayward, into the East Bay. It's going to spread out to the right, to the left. There's not going to be anything that can stop the flood of revival as long as we stay true to our covenant with God. What would you pay to see our church make a big change in Hayward? What would you pay to see California changed by the glory of God? 
What would you pay to see the United States change by the power of God? North America, South America, Asia, Africa. That is exactly what's happening. Victory Outreach is making an impact all over the world. Because we are walking in the covenant relationship of God. There is going to be such a great outpouring in these end times, a great flood of revival in these last days. We need to get on board and hang on to it. We need to ride that wave as the wave begins to come. Now, I'm telling you, I know that we are going to spark revival around the world. Do you believe that? Do you believe that we have that potential? Because I sure do. I've given my life for this cause, and I believe it's going to happen. But is your faith big enough to believe it? Is it big enough to believe it? Are you willing to give a church that's making a difference? You know, there's good soil and there's okay soil. And there's bad soil. I believe this is good soil. Victory Outreach is good soil because you see it by our fruit. Look around you. Look around you. That's the fruit of the ministry. Then you go to different churches around the state, around the cities, around the world, and you see the fruit of what Victory Outreach, revival is breaking out in Cape Town. Why? Because faithfulness. It's not about people. It's about the faithfulness of God. God is bringing revival. That's what United We Can and Run for Hope is all about. It's sparking worldwide revival. That's what the tailgate party is like. It's not about the Raiders. It's not about the Niners. It's not about the NFL. It's about being on God's team. It's about being what God wants us to do in the city, around the world. That's what it's all about. Bring your family. Bring your friends. Sign up. Get your ticket. Do what you've got to do to help out. We're going to take the cities. We're going to take the nations for God. We're going to make an impact. All around the world. See, that's what the resources that God uses, that's how he gets our resources. That's what we need to win the world. It's expensive to fly around the world. It's expensive to start open churches and homes and all that. It costs money. I like what Philip Cruz says. The living water is free, but the pipes cost money. <laughs> Number four, and lastly, there will be a divine release. In Malachi 3.12, the Bible says, And all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. In the Hebrew, it literally means this. All nations will bless you. That's literally the translation. See, when we've gone as far as we can go and move out in faith, then God will bring the money to us in super natural ways. When we were in Manila and we're getting ready to pioneer San Pedro, we got given a building, third floor of a building in Manila for one peso a year. That's less than a penny a year. That's God opening the windows of heaven. That's God bringing the, the finances of the wicked into the kingdom of God. Are you with me? See, God wants to position you for blessing. Now, i got a couple of players that are going to come up right now. A little illustration. Quickly. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Okay, Bonanza. Okay, here you see the blessing. 
I'm going to be the quarterback. This is a football with blessing. If you're on listening to the video or listening to the thing, it's a football with blessing written on it. And here I am. I am the quarterback or God. And I'm trying to get the blessing to these two gentlemen right here. And they're going to go out for a pass since it's football season. Amen. And as they go out for a pass, we're going to see if they're in the proper position to catch the blessing. Okay, you guys ready? Hut, hut. Oh. He was out of position. He didn't care. He made he ran the wrong route. So he missed the blessing. See, sometimes that's what we do. We run the wrong route. God is saying, I want to bless you. I, I, I got it in the air. It's coming your way. But you run the wrong route. And you're not catching the blessing of God because you're doing your own thing. You're not honoring me with the tithes. And the, you're not operating in the covenant I have sent my son for. You're not doing what I've asked you to do. You ran the wrong route. Let's try this again. You guys ready? Hut, hut. Now he ran the right route. He caught the blessing of the thank you guys. He ran the right route. I should try out for the Raiders. That was a pretty good pass, huh? Watch out, Pryor. <laughs> but see, when you run the right route, you, you run according to the word of God. You you're you be obedient to the principles of God. What happens? Bam! You pull in your blessing. God wants to bless you. There's not like he's cheap on blessings. He's bountifully. He wants to bless you abundantly. That's what Jesus said. He wants to bless you. There's a pass on your way right now. It's coming. All you got to do is get in position and catch it. That's all you got to do. You don't got to look around. Which way do I run? It's in the Word. You gotta, what do I got to do? Pay your tithes and your offerings and be obedient. Walk in covenant. Love me. That's all you got to do. Are you with me? See, over the last couple of years, we've heard testimony after testimony who, of people who got blessed abundantly. You look in the parking lot, you see new cars out there. You see people getting new jobs, nice jobs. Opportunities are beginning to open up. Restored relationships. There's people that wouldn't even talk to each other back together again. Hello. Families that were broken are now fixed. Healings have been taking place in our ministry. Cities and countries are opening up all over the world because we've got the covenant of God. Many times, God has supernaturally brought us finances. You know what I call it? And you guys can use this. The flavor of favor. Not favor flav. <laughs> He's gross. That dude's sick. The flavor of favor. What taste are you leaving in God's mouth? Are you sweet? Ooh, yeah, I look good. But are you sweet? Does God taste you? Do you taste God? Taste and know that he is God. See, as we learn to be faithful in giving, God will begin to shift the wealth from the world to us. I want to tell you something. Bill Gates... He thinks he got a lot of money. Donald Trump, Mark Zuckerberg, Oprah Winfrey. But let me tell you something. They don't own the money they control. They don't. God controls it. 
God owns it. It's God's money. It's not their money. And when we do our part and we move forward in faith, guess what? God is going to begin to take resources out of their bank accounts and begin to put them in our bank accounts so we can win the world for Jesus. You guys believe that? The Bible says that. I'm not making things up here. The Bible says we're going to get the riches of the wicked. I'm not saying they're wicked. I don't know them. I'm just saying they got money. I know like Gates and Winfrey, they give money out. They do all that stuff. That's why they got money. They learn the principle of giving. But they're not walking in covenant. That's the difference. Amen? But we're walking in the covenant. And we're obedient. When we're obedient to the principles of God, God is going to bless us and bless us and bless us. Are you with me? See, when we do our part, then we're moving in faith. God will remove the resources and give them to us. I believe that. And it's happened a lot. God's promise is if we trust him and obey his word, if we are good stewards, then we are going to experience divine relationship, divine revelry, divine resources, and divine release. Put yourself in blessings way. The flavor of favor. It's covenant time. It's covenant time. I believe it's time for VO Heart of the Bay to get God's attention like never before. His focus is covering. God wants to rain on your life this morning. He wants to open up the windows of heaven for you and your family. I read an illustration I want to share with you. It kind of touched my heart. At one time at the city temple in London, there was in the congregation a restaurant owner named Emil Mettler who was a close friend and mission agent of Albert Schweitzer in Britain. Britain, excuse me. Mettler would never allow a Christian worker to pay for a meal in his restaurant. But once he did happen to open his cash register in the presence of a secretary of the London Missionary Society. The secretary was astonished to see among the bills and the coins a six-inch nail. And she asked him, what's that doing there? And then Mettler began to explain to her, I keep this nail with my money to remind me of the price that Christ paid for my salvation and of what I owe him in return. That's heavy. Divine relationship. Divine revelry. Divine resources. And divine release. See, he learned to put himself in blessings way. And I pray this morning that we understand the spiritual side of giving and walking in the covenant relationship. That's the flavor of favor. The front of the line. It's covenant time. It's time to get God's attention and his covering. Over our families, our children, our church, our city, our state, our nation.